Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, go. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 398 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is May 17th, 2023. And the San Diego Padres, they just lost a series to the Kansas freaking City Royals. They were 12 and 30 entering this series. 12 and 30. And the Padres could not take two of these games at home against the Kansas City Royals. It's just embarrassing. An embarrassing series. A lot to talk about, obviously. The offense, the Royals just like giving the Padres these last two games and the Padres not taking them. Rugnet Odor, Trent Grisham, striking out like five million times today. Uh... The coaching staff, should there be changes there? What's going on with uh, right? What, what's happening right now? I mean, I'm looking at social media and the players have still not been made available to the media. I guess the coaches just left, but the players are still in the clubhouse. So there's probably a players only meeting happening right now. Will that matter? I, I mean, I don't know. What can the Padres do now? What can Bob Melvin do now? He already called the team out. After the Minnesota series, calls him out, talking about the tenacity and the fire. You got to fight a little bit more. Already did that. What happened? They went to Dodger Stadium and got swept. Then got a Kansas City series. Oh, perfect time for the Kansas City Royals, right? Yeah, the Royals suck. Padres aren't playing well. Hopefully they can start to turn it around then. No, no, no. Same thing. Same thing. I mean, yeah, I'm panicking right now. Like, I still think this team's a playoff team. But they're not a playoff team the way they're playing. There's no way they're going to make the postseason if they play like this. They're the worst team in baseball with runners in scoring position. The pitching has no room for error. No room for error. If they make a mistake, it feels like the game's over. It it this this just sucks right now. This absolutely sucks. Anyway, if you want to vent, you can click that link that is pinned up in the chat here on YouTube. We had a few fans call in, click that link last show and gave their thoughts. If you want to do that, feel free. You want to make sure I get to your, your comment, your question in the chat. If you don't want to come on the show, use that super chat button. Uh, I will make sure that I get to all of those. I try to get to most 
comments in the chat, but I, I assume there's going to be a ton of comments today because fans are pissed off with the way that this team is playing. So if you want to make sure I get to your comment and it supports the channel, supports myself, you can use that super chat button. Uh, but man, let's see how some fans are feeling here in the chat just to start this off. Mr. Robot says season's over. No one on this team cares about losing. I disagree with that. I mean, Nando, when he popped up today in the eighth inning, he was pissed off. He was slamming his bat right when he saw that he popped up. So they care. Caring isn't enough, though. Like, we have to see the results. At the end of the day, we have to see the results. That's what this is. It's not about, it's not a caring contest. It's a winning contest, right? Has to be better. They just have to be better. JD's third. Ben, how concerned are you right now? Pretty concerned, yeah. Not like long-term about the team's playoff chances, because I think they're still a playoff team. But just sitting here right now in the moment, oh, of course I'm concerned. Everyone in the Padres organization is probably concerned right now. How how can you sit here and not be concerned? Are you you must just not be watching this Padres team play right now. And I know sometimes we treat this like a football season, like we re react to every game, like people, like football fans would react to their team playing on Sunday because it's one of like 17 games or whatever. And we shouldn't be reacting like that in a baseball season when it's one of 162. But this isn't just one game. This is the Kansas City series. This is the Dodgers series. This is the Twins series. This is all season long with runners in scoring position. It's not just one game. It just keeps building, keeps building and building and building. So after losing today, we get the news that Manny has a small fracture in his hand. So he didn't play these last two games. And Bomel said, didn't think it was going to be an IL stint. Then he says today that they're, it, I guess they found a fracture in his hand. For me with Manny, I'm just like, all right, just dude, just go on the IL. I understand it's a, it's a thing of pride for him. And maybe he wakes up on Friday. And he feels better. He can grip the bat. He can swing the bat. And he ends up playing on Friday. But if he can't, and he's not feeling good, I'd rather have someone on the roster. Someone that can swing a bat and go play the field. Someone that can do that. Because the way they're playing, you need every roster spot that you can get, right? He wasn't helping the team very much offensively. And I love Manny. But he wasn't helping the team very much offensively before he got hit by Brad Keller on Monday. And now he's just going to sit there on the bench and take up a roster spot when he's not going to be playing. I don't, I don't want to see that. I'd, you can retroactive the 10 day IL, right? So Friday, if he's not feeling well, put it retroactive to Tuesday and he could be back sooner than if he just started the 10 days there. So I don't think it's that big of a deal for him to go on the 10-day IL. Like, make sure it's good. We don't need him getting hurt again or just playing through injury and risking something else, compensating somewhere else and getting hurt again, you know? At the end of the day, like, this isn't just a Manny problem. It's an it's a offense problem. It's not just one guy. If we had to pin it on one guy, you know, entering this Royal Series, it was probably Manny. But this is a collective problem here. 
runners in scoring position, just offense in general. It just has to be better. There's like one guy, one or two guys in this lineup right now that is playing good, you know, playing decent at the plate. It's a collective thing. So even if Manny goes on the IL, collectively the lineup has to be better. If Manny's not on the IL, collectively the lineup will still have to be better. So I'd rather have Manny just go on the IL if he can't play on Friday, get someone else up here, could be Brandon Dixon, I don't care really, someone that can play third, someone that can be an infielder. Just don't waste a roster spot if he's not going to play, you know? And I get it's a sense of pride for Manny to not have to go on the IL. I understand that. I've had Manny's trainer on multiple times on this show, and it is a source of pride for Manny to not go on the IL. And as a leader, he doesn't want to go on the IL, right? Wants to tough it out and post. He has so much pride in posting, and I respect that. But if you have a fractured hand and you're not going to be playing, then go on the IL. Take a few more days off, and then hopefully you're good after that. <sighs> Raul says, this is painful, man. Devin, panic button, activated. It's pathetic. Alex, disappointed, is an understatement at this point. Mr. Robot, bases loaded three times, can't score any runs. Jake's World, so disappointed. Raul says, the effing Royals, man, the effing Royals, SMH. Devin, Grisham is definitely not the guy to rely on in a runners and scoring position situation. I mean, he is he was terrible today. Holy crap. He was so bad. I mean, I know it's easy for us to say that he was bad. Like, if we went up there facing 95, we probably wouldn't do too well either. But it's his job to do it. He should be used to that. And he could not hit a fastball to save his life today. I mean, Chapman down the middle. Fourth inning, strikes out on, I think it was a fastball. Bases loaded. Sixth inning, multiple guys in scoring position, right? There was bases loaded to start the at-bat. He balked. The pitcher brought in a run, and then Grish strikes out again. I mean, Brett, Padre fan Brett, I don't know if you guys know who he is, but uh, had him on the show, the, the Padre fan waving the flag uh, in the apartment or whatever beyond Peco Park, beyond Gallagher Square. Mud and Don talked to him last year on the broadcast. Um, he was telling me on social media, like, okay, when, when are you going to say – Grisham needs to still be in there. Like how long, how much longer are you going to say Grish still needs to be in there because of his defense? And I, I said like not longer because they could have Adam Engel in there, but also I would say like, what is, what, what should we expect from Adam Engel? If, if Grish were to get benched, Adam Engel would be playing. Are we supposed to expect more out of Adam Engel who is a glove first outfielder? We're, we're supposed to expect more out of him than Trent Grisham, do we think we're going to get more, more out of him than Trent? That's the question I think we have to be asking. And I guess you could say, well, Ben, Grisham is sucking, so might as well try, and you, I guess you wouldn't be wrong. But I, I still believe in Grish. I think Grish is a higher ceiling than Adam Engel. I believe in Grish still. It's just 
obviously pissing me off and pissing a lot of Padres fans off. Watch this play. Manny Machado is speaking to the media right now, according to Annie Halbrun. Machado on the fans booing. I don't blame them for booing us. We're not playing well. Yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. I mean, I love Manny. I like a lot of guys on this team, obviously. You know, just the the amount of money that the owner has spent on this team, the amount of money the fans have spent on this team, the time that we have dedicated to watching and pay attention, pay attention, paying attention and caring about this team. We want this team, we expected this team to be better, and, and this team just has to be better, or else we're going to continue booing. Or the fan base at Petco, like today, multiple times today, will continue booing this team because we expect more. This is not 2017. This is not 2019. This is not 2021. No, this is a team that has Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Jake Cronenworth, Josh Hader, Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell. You could go on and on. This is a team that was being picked as the World Series winner by a lot of experts going into the season. We have to have these high expectations. We should be booing because they're not living up to the expectations. What's their record right now? Four games under 500. After the 4-3 loss, they're 20 and 24 through 44 games, fourth in the National League West. So yeah, we have to be concerned right now. I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that I'm not concerned. Yeah. They got to play better. And until they start doing it consistently, I think we're all still going to be concerned. And October is a long ways away. So in ter- like long-term concern, I'm still not there. But right now, yeah, of course. Of course, I'm concerned. Again, if you want to vent, you want to join the show, feel free to click that link that is pinned up in the chat, and I will get to you if you want to come on the show. Super Chats, make sure to use that button. If you want to make sure I get to your comment, your question, there's a lot in the chat, and I'll definitely go down the chat here in a bit. But just want to get to these games in this series. Today, Padres lose 4-3. We'll get to yesterday's loss. We'll get to Monday's win, even though like that win right now, I mean doesn't really do much for me, doesn't probably do much for Padres fans because at the end of the day, they lost a series to a team that was 12-30 and going into Monday, going into this series. And they were 12-31 and after Monday because the Padres won that game. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. So today, 5-4. Bogarts, by the way, this is a game the Padres lost. The day after, Bogarts told the media, we need it. We need to win this game, is what he told the media. And they weren't able to do it. The Royals tried to hand the game to the Padres. And the Padres didn't accept it. They didn't take it. They were pretty much handed yesterday's game, too. Tatis, he was hitting third in the lineup. Bogey and Crony hit first and second. I was fine with it. Change it up. See if it. Will do anything, do anything good. Crony Homer today, cool. 
I, I like to see it. It was not going to be a home run in every ballpark, but you'll take it, especially with how much Crony has been struggling. He's another guy that needs to be better. No doubt about it. Bottom of the fourth is where it really started. The deja vu, which is like nightly now. Runners in scoring position not being able to come through. They were two for nine today with runners in scoring position. Bottom four bases are loaded with one out. Trent Grisham strikes out, swings through a fastball, and then Austin Nola strikes out as well. I'm not expecting anything out of Austin Nola, and I guess I can't really expecting be expecting too much out of Trent Grisham, but I believe in Trent Grisham. Austin Nola seems like a really good guy, nice guy, but I don't expect anything out of Austin Nola. Grish, I still think there's potential there. And so, yeah, I get more pissed off at Grish not doing well than Nola because I just expect something out of Grish, and he was terrible today. So that was the fourth inning. And Darvish was on the mound today, had no room for error in that sixth inning, which was bad. Walk, stolen base, two-run home run, line drive to center, a double, RBI double. That's how the sixth went for you, Darvish, today. I saw someone on social media saying, like, this was easily the worst outing of Darvish's year this year. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I mean, it was a bad inning, that's for sure. Let's look at Darvish's game logs here. So, obviously, this isn't counting today because it's baseball reference. It doesn't update immediately. But there were there were outings where he gave up five runs, gave up four runs. That Mets outing, six and a third, five earned runs. Today, his final line, five and a third, four earned runs. So, maybe it is the worst outing. But I thought Darvish pitched well. Like, that one inning sucked, yeah. But the rest of the outing was fine. I mean... You can't have a bad inning with this Padres offense right now. You cannot. You There's some games where you go seven innings, mate, let's say, give up two runs, you lose the game because the offense just can't do really anything right now unless it is gift-wrapped to you. And even then, they can't finish the job. Bottom of the sixth, the Padres scored two runs. One was on a balk. One was on an error. By the way, how did Rudnett Odor not score in that spot? He's on second base. Bogarts has a ball up the middle. Witt bobbles it, gets away from him. And I think there were two outs in the inning. Odor is rounding third, and he doesn't run. Kim is standing there after scoring, and he's like, come on, let's go, run. And Odor doesn't score. And then obviously there was like the the ball that kind of got away from Salvi with Odor at third. He wasn't going to score there. Because it didn't get away, it didn't get that far away. Tatis on deck. So I understood that, but I don't understand how you're not trying to score there with the ground ball that the Royals just boxed. I mean, the Royals defense sucks. It's not good. And the Padres, they sometimes took advantage of it because I mean the Royals literally gave it to them. But then there were other opportunities where they could have taken more advantage of it. And they just didn't. Bottom seven. Or by the way, hang on. I'm not done with the six yet. Bottom six. So there was the balk, the air. Grish struck out again. Brett Sullivan struck out at a ball. I think that was the at-bat that the ball was like at his head and he struck out. And then bases loaded, Tatis pops up. 
So even Tatis, like he's been one of the better hitters right now, or at least he is. Him and Soto, right? And even he had missed opportunities today. Bottom seven, bases loaded, one out. Grish strikes out looking after swinging through fastballs. You cannot strike out looking in that spot. I know Chapman, that was a pretty nasty pitch, but what about the fastballs that are right down the middle after he can't throw a strike? You get them, you get meatballs, and you're just swinging through them. And it's easy for me to say, sitting here, just talking to you and not having faced 97 mile per hour fastballs. But again, it's not my job. If it was my job to hit 97 or 95 or whatever it was, whatever the velocity was, it's not like it was 104 like it was to Crony last night. Upper 90s, okay. You should be able to hit that. And he's just swinging through it right now. So yeah, it's very frustrating. Soto was tagged out at home in the seventh there. Bases loaded. Chapman throws one to the, the backstop. And things just aren't going the Padres' way right now. Ball goes straight back to Salvi. Straight back. And Soto gets tagged out. Like, Soto, I'm not blaming Soto in that spot. Like, come on. That was just a bad, that was just bad luck. The ball goes right back to Salvador Perez. He saw the ball go to the backstop. He's running. He's not expecting the ball to go right back to the catcher. And he's already sprinting home, so it's not like he can really stop there. So that's not on Soto. That was just unlucky, but there were other opportunities other than that to score, and they didn't do that today. All right, I see Matt here. He wants to weigh in. He came on the show the other day, gave some pretty good points. Let's see what Matt has to say. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ben. How's it going? Not great. How about you? (laughs) Uh, It's going all right. I just want to make sure we're on record for that $50 bet. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say it on the show. So that was in the comments today on YouTube and before right, right, before the before the game. Let's let's get the record. So I so I didn't cherry pick this loss. This was before this game started. There were 20, 20, and 23. And I said they'd never see above 500 again. The rest of the season is what is what Matt is saying. Above not 500, above 500. Above 500. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and you said 50 bucks, 50 bucks. You thought I was wrong. 50 bucks. Yes. And yes. we did that before the game. All right. Yep. Now, I mean, so I feel great. I mean, I don't like rooting against them, but I can't <laughs> change me. Rooting doesn't change that they can't do anything. I mean, I don't know how Grisham can literally come up in the game with the bases loaded seemingly every at bat of his entire career. And he made Chapman. Yeah, I couldn't. Obviously, I could never hit a fastball, but Chapman was those 97 to 104. Whatever. But he also watched swang through Michael Myers 93. So, I mean, he can't even hit 93 down the middle. So, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what you do with him. And trying to debate between him and Adam Engel is like Sophie's choice where she just murders both the babies because they're just completely untenable. I mean, it's just. The de- there's just no depth, there's no changes that can be made, which was why I was confident in the bet, which is why I've been confident in saying that it, that it can't be fixed. But, I mean, even if they do come around for a little bit, you've got to, even you've got to expect some pitching regression at some point. And when that happens, my God, I mean, I, I mean the offense may come around, but, you know, you're going to get the, the bullpen or the, the starters or whatever, and it's really still no injuries, except Manny's been out two days. 
injuries are going to happen too. I mean, the team is just so thin. It, it, you know, up and down the roster that one, I mean, one more, an injury to Soto or Tatis. I mean, I'd be at 70, 72 games by then, but I'm not making that bet just above 500. So we're on the record. Yep. 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 We're on the record. DM me on Twitter. Are you following me on social media? Do you have social media? Yes. Okay. Make sure you're following me so I can uh, DM you when the Padres get over 500. Because I, I think they will. I understand your points about the regression, the pitching staff. But I just think that there's still – I'm still going with the – there's too much talent on this team for them to continue playing like this. And I'm not saying that I'm going to expect Grisham to be Ken Griffey Jr. out there uh, and all of a sudden be the best hitter on the planet or the bottom of the lineup to be amazing. But I'm talking about the superstars. I'm talking about Manny. I'm talking about Soto. I'm talking about Bogarts. I'm not saying he's going to get on base 30 straight games like he did to start off the season. I'm talking about Cronenworth. I, I still believe in the star talent that is on this team. They're just not playing like stars right now. And I, I, know, I know some people don't want to hear this, but there's still a lot of time left in this season. And they can get over five. They, if if they can't get over five hundred, I mean, yeah, that's that that will be the most um, epic failure in Padres history for sure. Well, I'm 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 sticking with it, baby. I'm sticking with it. I'm 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 predicting a complete collapse now after this series. That Royals roster isn't. I mean, that's a bad minor league roster, much less major league roster. I'm not even sure that's a single A roster. That's one of the worst right That screams for Major League Baseball to contract them out of the league. I've never seen. I mean, how many major leaguers are on the team? Perez and right. Bobby Witt Jr. That's it. Maybe one of those pitchers. I mean, this was a bullpen by committee that you lose to the. We might have lost Matt there. But yeah, bullpen by committee Royals team, 12 and 30. 12 and 30 was this Royals team entering this series. It's unacceptable. It's embarrassing. You cannot lose these series. And I know I say that, and they could be a playoff team. So you could say, well, Ben, no, they could they could lose this series because they ended up being in the playoffs. But no, I'm talking about like when you're playing bad like this and you expect to be a World Series team, you got to have higher expectations. Or not higher expectations, but the results just have to be better. You cannot lose this series if you want your fans to think that you're going to be this World Series team. And I'm still hoping that at the end of the year, they can still be that World Series caliber roster and be good enough to be in the postseason and all that. But right now, I can't blame fans that think, like Matt, that they're not going to get they're not going to see above 500 anymore. I mean, I think I'm getting that 50 bucks from Matt. If anyone wa- anyone else wants to tag along with Matt on that and doesn't think that they're going to see above 500, I'll put another 50 bucks on there uh, for anyone else. But yeah, it's bad. Definitely bad. Again, if you're just joining Manny, a small fracture in that left hand after he got hit by that pitch on Monday. Padres won that game. Michael Walker was tremendous, but 
dang, that feels like such a long time ago. Padres had a bunch of opportunities today. Bases loaded all of the time. They got unlucky on that pass ball with Soto going home. But they it looks like they got unlucky because they didn't come through in the other chances. Like if they would have come through in the other chances, they would have had the lead and they wouldn't have needed that to tie the game or anything like that, you know? And maybe we should have known that this was coming when the San Diego Padres decided to have Asante Samuel Jr., whatever the heck his name is, a Los Angeles Charger. They had him throughout the first pitch today at the San Diego Padres game. Who thought that was a good idea? To have a, a Los Angeles Charger who has no San Diego connection. I was looking on his Wikipedia page. No San Diego connection. Have him throw out the first pitch at the San Diego Padres game. Come on. Like, let's read the room a little bit better. Whoever made that decision, come on. And then, like, I was fine with the Kershaw meme, but then I saw Sammy Levitt post on social media today that the Jumbotron had the Friar, like, swinging and smashing a Kansas City Royals pinata on the Jumbotron. Like, Seriously? And this is when the Padres aren't playing good and they're doing this. They're not on a five-game win streak. They're four games under 500. They just lost a series to a team that was had 12 wins entering this series. And the Padres think it's a good idea to have the Friar bashing a Kansas City Royals pinata. They might have been losing it in that spot when I saw that video, actually. So, just, man... Okay, I'm seeing on social media here, the clubhouse opened immediately after Jeff Sanders sent a tweet about coaches, I guess, leaving the clubhouse, and maybe there was a player meeting. Don't know if there was. Tatis on the booze at Petco Park today. Dennis Lynn tweets this. The way that we're finishing the game, I would brew ourselves too. So pretty much going with the Carlos Correa line. I remember when the Padres were in Minnesota and Carlos Correa was booed by Minnesota Twins fans because he was hitting under 200, I think, for the season. He was like, yeah, I'd boo myself too if I was getting paid this much money and sucking this much, essentially. Uh, Machado's hand, hairline fracture, third metacarpal. Uh, no idea what that means, but fracture on Machado's hand. I don't know if that means that that's not that big of a deal or anything. If there's any doctors in here, let me know. Uh, but yeah, not great. Lose a series to the Royals, and then you get news that Manny has a fracture in his hand. I don't know if he's going to be ready for Friday. If if it hurts at all, like don't play. Like I'm, I'm, I get it. We're four games under 500, and you'll want Manny out there on the field. But I'd rather have him get fully healthy before, or instead of him coming out there and not being fully healthy. And maybe continuing to struggle, you know, that's just my, you know, you could just put the, see how you feel Friday. If you're not great, then you can go on the IL retroactive, retroactive to what, Tuesday, and you could be back by, when would that be? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You'd be back next Saturday, I guess. I think that's in Washington, or maybe that's at Yankee Stadium. And they're playing. Well, look, they, they just lost to the Royals, so let's not say that they're playing any easy team. But they're playing the Marlins and the Nationals, I think, on this upcoming road trip. 
And again, it's not just a Manny thing. Collectively, this offense just has to be better. Collectively. So those are kind of my thoughts on today's game. We'll get to yesterday's game here in a second, but first, a quick break. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so the Padres, they lost yesterday 5-4. to four. Both teams had eight hits. The Royals, they had two errors. And the Padres were not able to win that game. Runners in scoring position last night, they went 0 for 5. Last night, I was looking at Kevin Acey's newsletter from earlier this morning. That was the 15th time, 15th time already this season for the Padres that they went 0 for with runners in scoring position. And so when I see that, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to continue all season long. But right now, again, we're reacting in the moment. And right now, yeah, we're all concerned. We're all worried because this is like the worst start that you could imagine for this season, right? And so Lugo, yeah, he sucked in that second inning. And more injury thing, injury issues there. After the game, Bob Melvin says he has a calf strain. After he ran to cover second base on that last play of the second inning. So first inning was fine. Then the second inning came, and he gave up five runs in an inning. The Padres have not scored five runs in an inning at Petco Park this year. And the Royals did it before the Padres did. Lugo in the second. Single, stolen base allowed, strikeout looking, pass ball, which wasn't his fault, but still. Runner got to second, or no, runner got to third, I think. Walk, RBI single, walk, hard hit ground ball. I think that scored a run. RBI single, RBI double. I mean, that was that that was part of the second inning for Lugo. I mean, terrible. And I was just talking about the other day about how Walker and Lugo, man, those look like pretty good contracts for the Padres. And I'm not saying that Lugo's now the contract sucks all of a sudden, but it was just like, well, of course this happened. Right when I praised those two signings after the walk a great night, I was like, well, Lugo's starting tonight. He's been really good too. And then Lugo craps the bed uh, in the second inning there. Drew Carlton was great. Shout out to the bullpen. Three innings, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts. The bullpen combined seven innings of work, no earned runs, four hits, eight punch outs, and just one walk. They're doing their job. Carlton, Garcia, Wilson, Martinez, and Hayter last night. No runs. Lugo just sucked in the second inning, and that was enough for the Royals to get a win. Padres had chances. Again, 0 for with runners in scoring position. In was that the seventh inning? Adam Engel gets thrown out at second base. Would have been, would have been another runner in scoring position. They were just trying to force the issue there. Uh, Angle had the steal sign on, so maybe he didn't really want to go, but the steal sign was on, and he gets thrown out. Obviously, what the, what the problem was in the, was the eighth inning. Padres had a runner on f- runners, first and third. Bogarts was on third. Odor was on first. Two outs, and Odor gets picked off at first base. He wasn't trying to steal second base. He was just too far off 
for some reason. I have no idea, but his head was up his butt. It was obviously up his butt there. I mean, what are you doing? Why are you that far off? You cannot be that far off. You're not trying to steal, right? You're not Trey Turner. You're not fast. What are you doing there? So he gets picked off, and some said, well, while Odor was in the rundown, Bogarts should have scored. Like, he should have went for it, and he didn't. And I agree with that. Like, you know Odor is going to get out there. He's going to get tagged out. He's not going to get out of it. So you got to take the chance at least. If you get thrown out at home, no one's going to blame you because Odor was the one that got in the rundown. You knew he was going to get out anyway, so you're just trying to make something happen. But for Bogarts to not even run, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but it's on Odor. Like, again, he's the one that got picked off. You cannot get picked off in that situation. You're on first base. The tying run, tying run, right? Tying run was at third base in that spot. Let the play happen. I guess it would be one thing if he was trying to steal second base and get two runners in scoring position. I guess I would be more fine with it. I'd still be pissed off, but I'd be more fine with it. But to just get picked off, you're just standing there and you get picked off. Didn't even dive back. I mean, come on. So, Odor, yeah, I mean, yeah, he had that home run in Minnesota and all that. But it seems like he's laughing all the time in the dugout when things aren't going right. He was laughing today in the dugout in the shot that they showed. And I, I'm fine with guys, you know, being light because it's a long season. But also at the same time, it's now it's like, all right, let's let's read the situation here a little bit better. Um, getting thrown out there. I don't think he adds a ton of value to this team on the field. It seems like teammates like him, but I don't really care about that right now. Like we should care about the results. But he's not going to, it's not like he's going to get cut if, when Manny's out because Manny plays a position that Odor plays. Odor can fill in at second base now with Crony at first, or Odor maybe could play third a little bit if they don't want Kim in the lineup, or they want Kim at second, but Kim's probably going to play third. Odor's probably going to play second, and they're going to have Crony at first, and either Carp or Cruz DHing, and the other guy on the on the bench is a bat. So he's not going anywhere, which sucks. Again, it's nothing personal against Odor. He just doesn't do a whole lot for this Padres team. And he cost the Padres. I mean, look, I know, you know, I'm talking about Odor being picked off. Maybe if Odor wasn't picked off, the Padres still don't come through with the runner in scoring position there. They probably don't at the rate that they're uh, at what was happening there. But it's still a what if. We, we don't know because Odor did something that he shouldn't have done. He got picked off in that spot. But let's see here. I'm trying to see. Just go through kind of the play-by-play -play situation, situationally. Runners in scoring position. Um, first inning, no one in scoring position. Soto had a single. Bogart struck out to end the inning. Long top of the second. They do nothing in the bottom of the second. Nothing in the bottom of the third. In the fourth inning, Soto was in scoring position, had a double, hustle double, by the way. Props to him for busting it out of the box. Bogarts popped out, 
Odor flew out. So didn't come two opportunities to come through there with runners in scoring position, and it didn't happen. In the sixth or fifth inning, excuse me, Padres, they there were some errors by the Royals, right? Tatis ground ball, fielding error, and Sullivan scored. Crony tripled in Tatis. But then Soto with the runner in scoring position, Crony at third, he grounds out. So there are spots there where they could have come through, had opportunities to, to tie or maybe end up making it into a big inning, and it just didn't happen. Kim uh, drove in Carpenter with a sack fly in the sixth, the bottom of the sixth. Grish popped out. Tatis made a tremendous throw in the top of the seventh, by the way. They're, for some reason, they uh, still like to run on Fernando for some reason. In the seventh there, Angle obviously was trying to steal, gets thrown out. Chapman threw 104 by Crony, by the way. 104. So, like that, I'm not going to sit there and say, swing the bat, what are you doing? I mean, it's 104. But they had opportunities. Eighth inning, obviously, that really, really stings. And then in the ninth inning, nothing. Three up, three down. Nola struck out to end the game. Again, not expecting a whole lot from him. Opportunities, I mean, I tweeted today the the Grish and Nola strikeouts from today in the fourth inning, right? Bases loaded. I'm like, here's the season summed up right here so far. Chances, have chances, can't capitalize on them. And that's what happened today. Happened yesterday. And then even in game one of this series, Padres win four nothing. Waka was tremendous, but they had what five singles? Five singles, I think, on Monday. Tatis came through with an RBI single. Okay. But I mean, some of the runs came through benefiting from the Royals just sucking. Brad Keller, I mean, talk about not being able to throw strikes. That's like major league stuff right there. I'm talking about the movie. Wild thing. Uh, Nando scored on a wild pitch. That was the first run. Manny was hit by a pitch, obviously, with the bases loaded. That scored a run. Nola scored there. Obviously, the Manny hit by pitch was costly. Didn't play the rest of the series. Who knows if he'll play on Friday. We'll see. Uh, I guess I'm looking at Marty Caswell on social media right now. Says Manny says the swelling has gone down. So that's good, I guess. But at the same time, you know, he, he does have a fracture in the hand. So we'll see what happens. You know, the off day and Friday, how he feels. If he feels fine Friday, then yeah, play. But if he doesn't, then might, might just want to go on the IL, Manny. And then Kim, you know, pretty good piece of hitting there in the seventh with that single. Made it 4 nothing. The story of the night, obviously, was Waka, like, on the field. I mean, he was freaking tremendous. 11 strikeouts, almost had a no-hitter, going into the eighth inning, first batter that he faces, couple pitches in, single to right. But that changeup, I mean, that changeup fastball, really, that combo was great because that changeup, there was a point late in the outing where hitters were expecting that changeup, and then Waka would just throw the 95 mile-per-hour fastball right by him. 
because that that pitch looks like upper 90s, 97 instead of 94, 95, 93, you know, because of the changeup, that combo there. Um, so tremendous outing for Michael Walker. I'm not going to sit here and expect that every time out or expect him to go seven innings every time out from here on out. But that was an outing to remember. He's been close multiple times to a no hitter. I think this was like his third time that he was close in his career. And so I was fine with the decision to have Walker go out there for the eighth. I think he's earned it in his career, but Watching it, I was like, he's already had over 100 pitches. I wasn't sure that if he even got through the eighth, if he would have been even in, been in a spot to get the no-hitter. Because he would have had to go how many pitches? 120? 130? I don't know if Pomel wants that. So might have had a combined no-no if the no-no would have stayed. Um, but a tremendous performance anyway. Uh Wacky ending. I mean, there's a fan that runs onto the field. Guess he wanted to celebrate with Nando or whatever. And so that guy was an idiot. I mean, don't you have to be pretty, pretty drunk to be running on the field the last out of the game? I, I don't I've, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Last out, like during the pitch, guy runs out onto the field. And Martinez was like, yeah, I got him. That's a str that's strike three. But then the batter was like, the guy just ran on the field. How is that still a strike? But they counted it. So Padres won that game, but obviously the Manny injury happened, and then they lost the next two. So it's like we we don't really care about that that Monday win because they lost the series to again a team that was twelve and thirty going into this series. I mean, just embarrassing. All right. Anything that I wanted to add? Because I have some notes here about some some stuff in this series. There was some stuff I was going to bring up, but that was more like looking on the positive side of things. But it's hard to look at really anything positive right now because this team just lost a series to the Royals. They just got swept by the Dodgers. They lost a series to the Twins. They're 2-9, and nine, I think, in their last 11 games now. So, yeah, it's kind of hard. And I'm anyone that watches this show, listens to this show, they know that I'm an optimist. And long-term, I can be an optimist. But right now, I, it's it's hard for me to be an optimist. Um, can Waka continue to pitch very well? I think he can continue to give the Padres quality starts. But I don't think he's going to get to the level where we're considering him, you know, one of the aces of this rotation this year. I hope not. Because not, not anything against Waka. But I just hope that Musgrove and Darvish just pitch really well. So we're like, no, those guys are clearly the aces. You know, Waka's, come on, Waka's not on that level. And hopefully Snell pitches really well. But yeah, disappointing series. I mean, what can Bob Melvin do now? Like I said earlier, he's already called out the team. Going into Dodger Stadium, already did, already pulled that card. And I guess I'm assuming there was a player-only meeting after today's game because the clubhouse stayed closed longer than expected, longer than usual to the media today. There's usually a cool-down period before the media comes in, and it stayed closed longer than that. So I'm guessing there was a players-only meeting because Bomel going in there and throwing chairs or whatever, or yelling at the team, he already did that. So 
what he's going to do it twice in a week. I don't I, I don't think that's what he wanted to do there. So I'm assuming it was the leaders of the clubhouse stepping up and getting pissed off. But even like the leaders of the clubhouse, I guess they'll still step up and talk, but like Manny, right? Think he's, you know, leader of the clubhouse, right? Captain. Well, he's not playing too well offensively this this season, right? Well below his career OPS plus average, just numbers are down. So I I know that his words do carry a lot of weight, uh, assuming that he did speak today in front of the clubhouse with the players. Uh, But maybe it would mean more or resonate more if he was, you know, actually playing well. I don't know. I'm going to get to the chat, your comments. Again, super chats. Make sure to put them in there because there's going to be a lot of comments. You want to vent like Matt did. Feel free to click that link that's pinned up in the chat. Your platform, Padres fans, I love interacting with you guys. I'll get to the rest of the chat here after after this break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best Ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests and season-long contests you can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes or if you'd like you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code talking friars and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. I was just looking at underdog, obviously, and my pick today was you, Darvish, 95 and a half pitches higher. He ended up getting 90. Worked into the sixth inning. But even with the amount of pitches that he threw, like only got to 90 pitches. So I think that just goes to show that he was pitching well going into that inning. And then things just unraveled there. I was also looking at Trent Grisham's baseball savant page. And there's some red there. Walk rate. He walks a lot. Barrel percent, barrel percentage. Uh, max exit velocity. Average exit velocity. 84th percentile. But then the blue is like hard hit percentage, not hitting a ton of balls hard. He's striking out a ton, 16th percentile. 
which is in the blue, which is not what you want. That's poor. Strikeout rate, whiff rate, 18th percentile. So some, you know, he's hitting the ball hard when he's hitting it, but he's striking out a lot, striking out too much. Maybe that's just the player that he is, and we shouldn't be surprised, but I, I still want to hope that there's more there from Trent. But I mean, we're not seeing it right now, that's for sure. Irie says Trent is a 200 average hitter, 15 home runs if lucky. Gold glove center fielder, that's just what it is. Result based business. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought he was, I thought he can get the, at least going into the year, I thought he was going to get to over 20 home runs. And I guess he could still do that. How many home runs does he have right now? Probably like three, four, maybe. Um, four, four home runs, but he's hitting, yeah, he's hitting under 200. He's hitting 197 right now. So he got off to a hot start, right? I think he had a pretty good spring training, but it feels like he's gone back to last year's Trent Grisham in the regular season where he was just striking out a ton. Brent says Trent needs to focus on just trying to make contact with the ball instead of swinging out of his shoes, even in an 0 and 2 count. Yeah. I mean, we saw that today. Fastballs down the middle, and it felt like he was trying to hit the ball to the second deck in right field. Irie says, we're a bad team right now with superstars right now. Feel bad for Peter. Yeah, I mean, imagine you pay, what's the payroll? $280 million? You pay that much money. And the team is four games under 500, and it's May 17th, and they just lost a series to the Kansas City freaking Royals. Yeah, I mean, that has to feel really bad for Peter. But, like, Peter's not to blame. I don't think AJ is really that much to blame, unless you want to blame the catching position. But he has brought in superstar players, Soto, Manny, Tatis, Cronenworth, not superstar, but good player, not performing up to expectations, right? Bogarts, he's brought these guys in. They're just not doing their job. Like, how much of this is on Bob Melvin? I don't think it's too much. I don't think a whole lot is on Bob Melvin. And let, let's let's get to this, because I know there were some people on social media that think, well, let's let's fire one of the 27 hitting coaches that they have, right? And... I would say that can't hurt the Padres, I guess, you know, letting Ryan Flaherty go or letting Morgan Burthard or Scott Coolbaugh go. One of the other hitting instructors, let them go and say, well, we're trying to shake things up, but guess what? It's the same players that aren't playing well. They still have to go and just play better. And Bob Melman has said the players, Nelson Cruz has said it too. They're getting enough information. They get a ton of information. The players are the ones that just have to be better on the field. And guess what? You fire one hitting coach, all of the other hitting coaches are still there. So how much of the problem is being solved by just letting go a guy that's not in the batter's box? You know? It's, it's not like Jace Tingler's managing. It's like, all right, yeah, Jace, you're not ready to be the manager no, Bob Melvin knows what he's doing. 
The players are getting a ton of information. These guys are superstars. AJ Preller's done his job bringing in superstar talent, World Series contending roster on paper, right? That's what everyone's saying going into the year. And these players aren't doing their jobs. That's what it comes down to. So you want to make a scapegoat? Sure, make, make Ryan Flaherty a scapegoat. How much is that going to improve the team? I don't know how much that's actually going to improve the team. That's, that's how I view that. Kobayashi says, team will 100% finish above 500. We want to see this team as is by then. Yeah, I'm seeing someone here say, fire Bob. Uh, doesn't do anything. I don't think that's going to do much. I mean, I'll be I'll be pissed probably if they fire Bob. It's not Bob's fault. JD's third were, says we're in denial and down bet. I'm not in denial. I mean, this team stinks right now. Long term, maybe I'm in denial because I just believe in these players, but or at least the superstars. But right now, definitely not in denial. Uh, this team, this team is not good right now. Is that right? Grisham nine left on base today. My goodness. I mean, holy cow! Yeah. I mean, he was swinging out of, his, out of his shoes today with two strikes. I was surprised he didn't try bunting in one of these situations because he would have had better luck at that than swinging because he was going to strike out. Twelve guys left on base for the Padres today. Alejandro asked, are you okay with the fans booing the team? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the biggest booer myself, but yeah, I'm. Obviously, I'm expressing my frustration here. I wasn't at the game. Yeah, I'm fine with it. They're not playing good. And it's not like this is the first week of the season. No, we got a pretty good sample size in here. And a lot of, the, you know, record season ticket numbers, right? Fans spending thousands of dollars on this team. And this team is a losing team. They're fourth in the division. They can definitely boo. And like Manny, Manny is, he's even said it, like, yeah, I'd be booing too, based on the way that they're playing. Larry says, cut O'Dor, Carpenter, Nola, and call up minor league players. Well, Carpenter and Nola aren't going anywhere. They're, you know, O'Dor, that was a spring training invite. Okay, yeah, I, th I, don't, I don't see him being on the roster all year long. Uh, but Carpenter, I mean, it's two-year contract, right? And Nola, he's one of the starting catchers on this team. Campy is going to be out for a long period of time now. So that's not going to happen. And Pedro Severino, I think, just got released by El Paso for some reason. He wasn't throwing many guys out, but, I mean, he'd fit right in with the Major League Padres team. He was hitting pretty well. So I guess that's an upgrade from the Padres catching staff, right? Is, is that an upgrade from Brett Sullivan, Pedro Severino? I mean, maybe. But I guess he he's gone. So... It's Sullivan and Nola. Like, that's the catching situation right now. Trade for Alejandro Kirk is what Captain Captain Zeno says. Uh, well, he's on the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are contending. I don't think they want to trade Alejandro Kirk right now. 
Brent says we're going to be sellers at the deadline. Wow. Okay. We have really gotten to doomsday. I mean, sellers at the deadline for a team that was World Series favorites going into the year from some by some experts. I highly doubt that. But it's us fans reacting to this team sucking right now, right? Zyrus says Asante, 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 however you say his name, Asante Samuel is a good player. I don't care if he's a good player. Like, nothing against him personally. He's on the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, who left this town. So for anyone that thought that was a good decision to have that guy come in and throw the first pitch, it wasn't. Does that guy have any San Diego ties? It's it's not like the guy grew up in San Diego, right? I don't think. If he did, I'd understand it, and I'd back off. I mean, read the read the room. Terrible decision there to have a Charger come in. I get some fans are still Charger fans, but come on. We know that most aren't. And just avoid us talking about it at all. Just don't have a Charger come in here and throw a first pitch. It's pretty simple. I know, it has nothing to do with how the team is playing, Enrique. Yeah, I know. But... That still pissed me off. It's just a vent session. So again, if you want to vent, click the link that's pinned up in the chat and you can come vent. But I'm, I'm just throwing out thoughts right now. Maybe Trent needs to shave the mustache. I'm seeing kind of that in the chat here. Brent says... I'm rooting for whoever knocks Trent's mustache off his face. I mean, guys guys are superstitious, so if it's not working, maybe maybe change it. Sal says call up Tim Lopes. Yeah, Tim Lopes could be um, an answer for the Padres if you don't want Odor on the team, I guess. He had a good spring. Jose Iglesias, maybe that's another one. So maybe, yeah, that's a good point. Hadn't, I hadn't really thought of those guys. But that's not going to, like, fix the team. Dylan says, Royals pitching walked 22 Padres in this series. We won one of the three games. Ridiculous, abysmal, uninspiring, terrible. Pretty good summary of that, yeah. Carlin says, Padres are cursed. I don't really believe in curses. I just believe in the Padres just needing to play better. Carlin says, traded Ty France and Andres Munoz for Austin Hedges' production. Worst trade in Padres history. I mean, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Ty France, an all-star now. Munoz throwing fire in the Mariners' bullpen. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't really like that they gave up on Taylor Trammell at that point either. Remember that they acquired him from Cincinnati 
and they kind of gave up on him early. Trammell, I mean, he's not like this all-star player or anything, but I, I wanted to see him in a Padre uniform at the big league level and didn't get to see that. Or did we? No, I, I think he got traded as a prospect. I don't remember him coming up. Might have been spring training. Chad says, will it be rock bottom when the Red Sox sweep them on Sunday? I mean, maybe. But you always feel like, well, in a baseball season, because of how long it is and when you're playing bad, things can always get worse. Like, they could get swept by the Red Sox. I don't think they will, but they could get swept by the Red Sox. And then Soto gets hurt during the series or Tatis gets hurt during the series. And then it's like, or, or they get swept by the Red Sox. And then one of the big guys gets hurt in the next series in, on the road trip, you know? And it's like, okay, now this is rock bottom. Or maybe something else happens. And then it's like, oh, this is rock bottom. Today, it feels like this is rock bottom, but it could get worse. I mean, obviously, just hoping that it can only go up from here, but maybe that's not true. Maybe it can go down from here. Red Sox are up nine in the third inning. Is that true? Red Sox. Let me look at the Red Sox score. Nine to one. Holy crap. Top of the fifth. Hopefully they're just wasting those runs and they're going to be asking for those runs back tomorrow or not tomorrow on Friday. Who are the cancers in the locker room? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think there are like, that's the thing. Tati seems to have a good mindset. We know Manny and Musgrove are leaders. Eric Hosmer's not in the locker room. You know, like if I see, I thought that, all of these guys had the buy-in to go win, and they might. I'm sure they're pissed off. And I know some, a lot of these guys are pissed off just based on quotes that you're seeing and reaction when they pop up to shallow right field like Tatis did. You know, they're, they're pissed. They're slamming stuff. Um, there was, you know, Kevin Acey did say in the Union Tribune, was it last week or earlier this week, something, I forget when, but talking about how maybe the Padres are just like kind of they were kind of just complacent and like, yeah, things are going to turn around. We have the talent. Uh, eventually things will go our way instead of like really trying to fix it. Like now, you know, I don't know. So maybe that was the cancer, but I don't think it's a specific player. Nothing, nothing really sticks out to me like that. Chad says, worst average on fastballs in Major League Baseball. I mean, watching today's game, you'd think so. If that's true, I'm not really that surprised. Manny, yeah, Donnie, I think Manny could play with a fracture, but if he doesn't feel really good on Friday, like, don't play. That's, that's how I feel. Matt says, how about the Robert Suarez contract? Did they even give him a physical? I don't recall him ever even throwing before he was shut down. He he didn't throw in the big leagues, but he was throwing, I think, in Peoria. He was throwing in spring training, right? And then he got shut down. Then he was throwing a little bit, I think, with the big league club, not in games, but just like in, during batting practice. Then I think there was another setback. 
And now he's just starting to throw, not a baseball, but I forget what it's called, a plyo ball or whatever. So, yeah, he's a long ways away. And, yes, of course they gave him a physical. But that was in the offseason before he started throwing. Yeah, Joe Dreams, Renee, yeah. He might want to change that Slam Diego song to Strand Diego because that's what it is right now. I'm in Strand Diego. Yeah, that's that's how it feels right now. Just going through the chat here. Tyler says, did you see the video with Manny? No, I did not. Is it up right now? Let me check if it's up. Hopefully it's up. Marty Caswell does a great job at uploading the interviews and all that in the locker room. Because, I mean, I wish the Padres would allow me to have that access, but they don't. Uh, yeah, so the Manny interview is out. So I don't know if you can hear this. Hopefully you can. Manny, what's the latest with your, uh, with your hand? Why are you asking me? You already know the, the answer. Do you expect to be in an IL situation or do you not know? I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll see. What's, what's the pain level at this point? How would you feel if you had a broken bone? <laughs> Not good. You don't know that one? I have never had a broken bone, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's definitely a tough stretch for us. And, um, you know, we definitely want to be out there and try to try to help this team win in whatever way. And, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, it's just a bummer. Bummer. I mean, it's not it's not ideal for us right now, and um, you know we just gotta see how it goes. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's still it's still early to tell. I mean, we just we just got the news, so um, you know, just see how it feels in a couple of days. Yeah, swelling's swelling's gone down um, tremendously. Um, That's good. More range of motion today, so um, you know it's just a matter of just dealing with the pain. No, no, yeah, they were trying to give it a couple of days, kind of let let the bone heal for a little bit, and um, you know before we we move on to to something else. How do you balance obviously your desire to want to get back out there as fast as possible? I mean, it's just this is just as much as my body can take. I mean, if you can go out there and perform at the highest level that we need, we need need me to be performing. Um, you know, um, you know, if it's two days, if it's a week, if it's two weeks, if it's six weeks, whatever it is, I'm, I'm not sure what, how my body's going to heal. So, um, you know, just take it day by day, see, see what it is and, um, you know, hopefully come back after this off day and it's, it's a lot better. So, um, and then maybe I'm back in the lineup, who knows? So, but, um, you know, as of right now, it's just kind of just seeing, seeing how, how I react day by day and, um, you know, hopefully the bone heals pretty quickly here. What's as, as much as you want to win, this group has got a lot of guys who won a lot of baseball games in a lot of places. You hear the fans booing, and it's been this big. I mean, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I mean, we're, we're not playing well right now. 
we're not playing well. I mean, you know, there's, there's an expectation that, that we, we had come into a season and they expect us to go out there and win every single game. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I don't blame them for booing us. We're not playing well right now. Um, but, um, you know, I think collectively, I think as a group, uh, you know, we got to go out there and be better as a group. And I think we're going to do that. And, um, you know, we just got to trust the process right now. It's things, things aren't really rolling our way right now at all. So um, you just got to hang with the punches and, um, you know, keep, keep, keep moving forward. And I think, think things will turn around. I think we got too many great, great players in here that, um, you know, we're going to be able to perform and, and turn, turn things around. But, um, you know, to answer your question, I mean, I don't, I don't blame them for booing us. We're, we're not playing well. Yeah. Don't blame them for booing, not playing well. But I, I have the same thought as Manny. Like there's too much talent in there. I think they're going to turn it around. It's just really frustrating that right now the Padres just lost a series to the Royals, got swept by the Dodgers, lost a series to the Twins. Manny fracturing his hand, and this, this team is just severely underperforming. They're four games under 500. They're fourth place in the National League West. So, yeah, fans, they want to boo. Players should not be mad at that, for sure. It's called this series, perhaps like a, like a, a wake-up call for the team. Is that what it felt like to you? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the last two weeks we haven't, we, we really haven't been playing really good baseball. And I think, uh, I think we kind of hit that, that tough stretch, um, you know, and yeah, I mean, I want to say it's, it's the wake up call. I mean, you, you, every team in the big leagues, they're in the big leagues for a reason. And every, every team go out there and compete every single night and beat you. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's the, the best team, the most paid team or the worst team in baseball, or the lowest paid team in baseball. I mean, you go out there, once you step in those lines, you got to perform, you got to play well. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we haven't been playing our best baseball and we haven't been playing base good baseball at all and um you know other teams have been playing better so um you know we just gotta keep keep rolling with it keep 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 trust the process keep doing it i know it's tough to say and every single day i mean that's the beauty about baseball it's every single day so we got to speak to you guys every single day and it's the same things every single day and for me to keep saying the same thing trusting the process i think fans or people um you know misinterpreted or or are tired of hearing it, but this baseball is 162 games. It's a long, it's a long, long season. And, um, you know, we just got to keep playing our game. I think, I think we're going to come out on top of this and we're going to, we're going to get over this at, at some point. And, um, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to play better. I promise you that. All right, there you go. We're going to play better. I promise you that. I think that's the case. I think they're going to be over 500. I think, I still think this team's going to be a playoff team. But again, we're we're just pissed off because this team is underperforming and we expected so much more from this team than what we have gotten so far 40 plus games into the season. Uh, Manny's reaction, by the way, I know I didn't play the video for the YouTube audience, but the his face at the end there when he was talking about when I have to talk to you guys every single day, like he was like, damn, I'm you could just tell I'm annoyed that I have to keep talking to you guys. Um, and he has to keep saying the same thing. Like, what else is he going to say? The baseball card, trust the baseball card, trust the process. Fans might get tired of that, but what are what are the players supposed to say? What else are they supposed to say? We're not playing good enough. Manny has said that. I think we're going to turn it around. We're going to play better. That's what the players are going to say. Um, so... Again, at the you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to the play on the field. Change 
Changeo Surfo says, notice that Preller hasn't addressed the press at all. Well, what is what questions would the media be asking AJ? Like, are you surprised at the slow start? What do you think he's going to say? Yeah, we need to play better. Uh, we expected to, you know, we had high expectations going into this season and we're not meeting them right now, but I believe in the talent that's on the field. We're continuing to work every day to get better at it. And I think things are going to turn around, but we have high expectations for ourselves, just like the fans do. That's pretty much what he would probably say. So, I mean, if he wants to make himself available, he can. If he doesn't, I'm, I don't really have that much of an issue. It's not like he's hiding. He's one of the more accessible GMs, at least from the videos that I've seen. And because I'm not, they don't give me credentials um, from stuff that I've seen. He's one of the, one of the more accessible guys. Like he's on the field when Marty Caswell wants to talk with him, he sits down and or stands and talks with Marty. Like she posted an interview, I believe earlier this season with Preller just on the field there about kind of a slow start. So he does speak. Um, and, but I think right now he's traveling, like scouting and stuff. So maybe he's just not in town. I, I don't, I don't think that he's someone that's like, no, I'm not talking to the press. Uh, now if they continually ask and he already spoke, then I could see why, but I, I don't think he's someone that's like hiding from the media, if that makes sense. Jason says, I've been a Padres fan for a long time. I've, I've seen worse, but those teams didn't have any chance of coming back, but this team will come back. The season sucks right now, but keep the faith. I, I, I kind of think the same thing. Yeah, chat says, don't forget mentioning the 2019 Nats and 2021 Braves. Yeah, my optimistic side, long-term view, like I would mention them, but no one wants to hear that right now, right? No one wants to hear that. I watched the Nats in 2019, and they had a lot of talent. This team has a lot of talent, and I think they can do that. And the Nats, they were terrible. 19 and 31 is much worse than what they are right now, what the Padres are. That's 50 games in, and you're, what is that, 12 games under 500? I mean, that's not where the Padres are, right? That That's three times where the Padres are. Um, so it's not that bad. But it's still under 500, and we did not expect this Padres team to be under 500 at this time. Uh, at any time in the season. Chris says, top heavy, bottom of the lineup is dog S. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of saw that going into the season, though. But we saw the top of the lineup, and we were like, man, look at all the star power. They're just not really performing right now. So that's where it, it's like when they're not performing, and then the bottom of the lineup is what it is, and they're also sucking too. It's like, man, this lineup is trash. You know, that's what it feels like. There's just a lot of pressure, just like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on the pitching staff right now. There's a lot of pressure on the top of that lineup. I mean, today, the bottom of that Padres lineup, I mean, my goodness, you have Kim as your six hitter, Odor as your seven, Grish as your eight, 0 for 4, four punch outs today, Nola as your nine. He gets pinch hit for, Nola hitting 151, by the way, he gets pinch hit for by a guy that's that's in his rookie year and he's hitting 176 at the big league level. So, yeah, there's there's nothing down there right now. 
Carlin says, replace Bob with who? Who has more credibility? Bochy is taken. Yeah. And it's not like they're going to, if they would fire Bob, again, I, I'd probably be pissed off if they fired Bob. Like, I don't think it's on him. It's on the players. Um, and Bob's one of the best managers, I think, in baseball. If they were to fire him, who's taking over? Mike Schilt or Ryan Christensen? It's the same staff. It's not like they go hire some dude, Joe Torre, who's like retired and wants to come manage the Padres. Like, no, you're just having the bench coach be the manager. Chad says he booed today. I don't blame you. Don't blame you. This team is not playing well enough to not get booed. They, they deserve to get booed. Yeah, seventh inning, bases loaded, one out, and we can't hit a sack fly anywhere. Yeah, that's what it's been this year. I mean, sometimes they can do that situationally, but most of the time, yeah, it's strikeouts or just not being able to do the job. Yeah, I'd trade for Salvador Perez, Tyler, but how much are they going to have to give up? Are the, Do the Royals want to part with their captain? I don't know. And how 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 much is Preller willing to give up for Salvador Perez? I, we don't know, right? Is, is he willing to give up Jackson Merrill and then pay Salvi, what is it, like $20 million a year? Is he willing to do that? Is he willing to give up Ethan Salas? Probably not, right? I wish Ethan Salas could come play. He just got his driver's license, so maybe he can drive down to Petco. I know he's hurt, kind of, shoulder injury a little bit. Oh, my Uncle Nixon here. What's up? Uh, says the players are not being held accountable, and that starts with leadership. Perception most times is reality. Smiling, laughing while getting your ass kicked on TV is not a good look. That is not a good look. I definitely agree with that. Um, not being held accountable. I think Bomo held them accountable when they lost that twin series. After every series, is he supposed to go in there and yell at the players? I mean, at some point, the players have to hold themselves accountable. The leaders in this clubhouse, Manny, right up at the top, have to hold the other guys accountable and say, no, knock it off. Stop laughing. You can laugh in the clubhouse, laugh on the team plane, but don't laugh when there's cameras on you. It's a bad look. Read the room. It, that's not the time. You know, we're not winning games. You know, you know the money ball scene with Brad Pitt as Billy Bean and slamming stuff in the clubhouse. And it's all quiet after uh, Giambi was dancing on the table. Right. And he tells him to get down and it's silent after he gets pissed off. And he's like. That is what losing sounds like. Maybe that's what should be happening. You know, like uh, the players, what I mean, the players doing that to other players that aren't like that. I'm not saying they have to be miserable when they're away from the field, but when you're losing and you're not playing good at, on the field, uh, when you're in the dugout and cameras are on you, maybe act like you're not feeling too good right now and, and things aren't going well. Instead of, yeah, smiling at Dodger Stadium as you're and laughing as you're about to get swept. Chad says 28 left on base this series versus the effing Royals. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Stereo Choir asks, anyone know how Bomel was in the post game? He wasn't, it didn't seem like he was like super fired up or anything like that. I'll find it. I'm going to find it here. One second. Let me go to Bally. It should be up here on Bally. Yeah, so here's Bomel talking to the media after the game. And, you know, not getting hard contact in those situations. It's been a story all year. So it continues. And, you know, we just have to fight through it and sometime break through. You know, we're giving ourselves a ton of opportunities, probably no more than we did today in certain spots. And we, we continue to struggle with that. So you'd think at some point in time when you have that many opportunities, you'd cash in on it. But we still we're still here right now. The bullpen kept you guys scoreless yeah. and yesterday and today. How much did you appreciate what they were able to do? Yeah, I mean, look, they keep us in a game, you know, and I said, I was saying earlier that, you know, we're putting a lot of pressure on them in tie games for them to be perfect. But in games like this, they have to hold it down when you're not scoring any runs and they did it. They're, they're holding up their end of the bargain. What do you want for these guys tomorrow for the off day in terms of regrouping, coming back? Like, what, what do you hope that they do? I, you know what? There's, they're really, they're, the answers are getting some hits and, and relaxing. Yeah, that would work. And trying to understand that, you know, you're in charge in those situations. But to this point, we just haven't done it. And it hasn't been one or two guys. It's it's really been everybody. Is Soto trying to do too much there? Uh, or is it – what did you see on that, the play? This question from Kevin, by the way, like, what do you mean was he doing too much? The ball hit the backstop. And this is probably what Bomo going to say. Ball hit the backstop, went right back to Salvi. He's not doing too much. That's just a bad break. I mean, on the – that's pretty unlucky. I mean, you know, any the ball goes to the screen, usually you're going to score on it. It hits the pad and comes right back to him. So, you know, I, as bad as it looked, that that's usually an, an easy run. You stuck with Grisham going against yep. Chapman. Uh, Angle had faced him before. And yep. what, the decision there. Look, he, he was, it's tough to hit him and he's walking guys. And Grish is a guy that walks and has a thousand OPS off left-handed pitching. So he's our guy. <laughs> You know, we've given Angle a couple of starts against lefties, and that might not, you know, that's where Grish has actually excelled. So, you know, that was my thinking there. Seems pretty clear this team is kind of pressing, maybe trying to do a little too much at the plate. How, how do yeah. they not do that? I know that's so much easier said than done. I wish there was a quick fix for that. I mean, we've talked about it many times in the hitters' meetings that we're, we're the guys that are in charge and let them come to you and get your pitch that, you know, in those type of situations, uh, you got to realize that the, the pressure should be on the pitcher, and I think we're just putting a little too much pressure on ourselves. Can you go a little bit more in depth into into that mindset, like what it would take to, to build that kind of mindset with where you're in charge of the at-bat? Well, I, it's easier said than done. You can talk about it all you want until you get a couple of games or several at-bats where you come through. Um, it, it mounts, and, and, and it's, that's what it's continued to do, and that's why you're seeing it you know, go on for as long as it is with guys that are really good hitters is that the longer it goes, the more pressure kind of builds on you. And, you know, everybody wants to be that guy, but, you know, we're not coming through as a team right now. I take it, man. He wasn't available today. No. How's he doing overall? So the initial x-ray didn't show anything. He had a CAT scan and an MRI yesterday that show a small fracture on the metacarpal. Um, So we'll, we don't, think it's an IL situation, but we're going to probably go through the off day, see how he feels and see where we are on the weekend. Well, so 
Bomel saying, don't think it's an IL situation. That, that's what he said yesterday, I believe, when he was talking to the media post game or pregame on uh, because they just wanted an update on Manny, obviously. But now there's the fracture in the hand, and who knows what's going to happen the off day, how that's going to feel. Who knows how he's going to feel when he comes in on Friday. So don't really know if he's going to be on the aisle or not. Obviously, Bomel right now is going to say, I don't think it's going to be an IL situation. Swelling has gone, it's gone down, as you heard from Manny earlier. So that's at least good. So that's an injury he potentially could play through. Well, I, it just depends. I mean, it, it just depends how he responds to it. So, you know, it's anytime you have a fracture in there, it's painful. It's just kind of where it is and, and how he feels. We're trying to give him a, you know, a few more days to see, you know, what our decision is on that. To this point, you know, he wasn't going to play today. He wasn't going to play through the off day either way. We'll see where we are once we come back. All right. So there's Bomel post game. So it didn't, he wasn't like Minnesota after the Minnesota game, you know, really calling out his players and all that. Uh, because, like, again, he, he already did it. You know, him doing that after every game, if they don't come through with runners in scoring position, that's probably going to get old. And the message is going to get stale, right? Bomel knows where to pick his spots. And, uh, well, I thought he probably shouldn't have picked that spot against Minnesota knowing that the Dodgers series was coming up. Maybe do it after the Dodgers series going into the Kansas City series. Uh, like kind of what happened last year. They were playing the Diamondbacks when he did it in September. But usually he knows when to pick his spots, and he's one of the best managers in baseball. So, again, it's on the players. It's not him. It's uh, maybe firing someone on the coaching staff would do something, but those guys aren't the ones that are in the batter's box. The guys in the batter's box are the ones that have to be better, and they can't be fired, unfortunately. Or, or, or Dor, I guess, can if they want to get rid of him, but guys have guaranteed salaries and they're, they're just on the team. So even if you hate some guys, well, they're, they're going to be here still. Just hope that they can get out of it. Right. All right. So did like an hour and a half there on the Padres. And if you have any more comments, any more questions, if you want to join the show, you, one last reminder, you can click that link that's up pinned in the chat. I'm going to move over to some other San Diego sports stuff here in a second. Quick reminder, breakingtea.com. You can click that link that is in the description for great San Diego sports swag. Underdog fantasy, great pickums. Um, unfortunately, I got that Darvish pick uh, wrong today. I went higher on the pitch count. It actually was lower. But I got that Waka one right first game of the series. It was like four and a half strikeouts. I went higher. He you know, striking out 11 guys there. Um you, there's pickums on there where you could go like six, have like a parlay of six, and then win like ten times the amount of money. So I, I recommend you using that link. Use that link for Underdog Fantasy that's in the description, and you get a 100% deposit match up to $100 uh, when you sign up. And then code Talking Friars on SeatGeek for $20 off your order. So if you're going to go to a Padre Red Sox game, this weekend, or if you're waiting until they start playing better baseball to go to Petco, uh, where you, you think that they deserve your money, you can wait till then, but just code Talking Friars on SeatGeek, and you'll get $20 off your first order there. All right, let's get to some other San Diego sports here. 
let's do the MLS. So obviously the loyal for now, they are not going to be involved in this new MLS expansion franchise that is coming to San Diego. What is the latest? The latest is there is going to be a formal announcement like press conference on Thursday. So tomorrow at Snapdragon Stadium, I think it's in the morning. Public, I don't believe is invited. They're not. There's going to be, it's according to some, there's a podcast, Two Balls and a Mic. They reported yesterday that there is going to be a public event at Snapdragon 7 p.m. on Saturday. So maybe that happens. We'll see if that happens. Hopefully that happens. I, I'd like to go to that because um, I I'd like to see the ownership talk. But they'll talk tomorrow. Press conference, Mohamed Mansour, the main guy. There's the Saquon group uh, that's also a part of it, right? They're going to be there. I think the mayor is going to be there. Don Garber, MLS commissioner, is going to be at the press conference. So they are going to announce the expansion team tomorrow. MLS is coming to San Diego 2025. I think February is when it would start play. It's a longer season than the NWSL with the wave. Um, the colors could be red, yellow, and white. I saw that on social media today. That uh, is the flags of Egypt, Saquon, and San Diego. So just kind of combining those, that could be the colors of this MLS team. Again, we don't know what the team is. Looks like it's not going to be the San Diego Loyal, which is unfortunate. I, I wish it was the Loyal, but I do understand it from Mohamed Mansour's perspective. Like, I'm spending $500 million for this MLS franchise. I want to name it what I want to name it. I want it to be my colors. I want it to be my club, not just have to take over the Loyal and, and bring the Loyal up and say, all right, yeah, we're just going to take all the Loyal stuff, and that's the club. I understand he wants the freedom to do what he wants. So I, I understand it. I would go with the loyal, but that's because I'm from San Diego. This guy is not. He went to Auburn, I think North Carolina State. He, I believe, lives in London. He owns another soccer team uh, in Denmark. And by the way, those colors I saw on social media today, those colors are the same as these. So it does make sense. Red, yellow, and white, or red, gold, and white, whatever, to be the colors. Uh, not expected to announce a crest or a team name. And I think that's smart. You don't want to just announce a team name. And maybe Mohamed Mansour has some, you know, thoughts on what he, maybe he already has some names in mind. But I think it would be smart to go out in the community, see what names the community wants or throws out there. Because soccer, like, they rely on ticket revenue. It's not like the NFL where it's all on, or not all, but a lot of it is on like TV deals, right? And MLS, it's on Apple TV plus, like there's money from that, but they rely a lot on gate on ticket revenue. So you want to attract fans, involve the community, show you care about the community. A lot of loyal fans are not happy right now because the loyal they're, they're seeing this MLS group and they're like, well, this new guy coming in, not giving any San Diego soccer connection. The San Diego connection is Saquon. They have money. Um, no soccer connection, no loyal Landon Donovan, not bringing him over, no connection with them. And so they're like, well, that's off to a bad start. The loyal already built a community, you know, built a fan base. They, they really care about San Diego. Literally their name is loyal. Their owner is from San Diego, blah, blah, blah. Right. 
So not off to a great start with those fans, but the casual fan, just the San Diego sports fan, you got to attract them and, and make it known that you care. Like this isn't just about money. Like you care about the San Diego community and they have the rights to dream academy that they're going to build as well, where there's going to be younger players that are going to be developed in that and then maybe play for the MLS team. Um, so that'll be cool. But like show that like you're invested right out of the gate on Thursday, tomorrow in the press conference on Saturday, if there's that public event, show that you care. And I think that, you know, that's, that can go a long way, or at least if it doesn't go a long way initially, that will, you know, it will be a good first step, right? So again, the latest 30th team expansion team in the MLS, that's going to be announced on Thursday at a news conference at Snapdragon stadium, the colors don't know officially what they are, uh, not expected to announce the crest or the team name, but it's going to happen tomorrow. If not, not the, not the crest and not, not, not the name, but the press conference, it's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to become official tomorrow. In the Union Tribune, it was reported yesterday that the deal was done. Um, two balls and a mic also reported on social media that the deal was done. So it's happening. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm not fully committed to this MLS team right now because I again I, I want to see I want to hear from this ownership group. I want to make sure they care about San Diego before um, or at least start to care about them before I you know jump all on board. But I'm excited about the potential possibility of, you know, me jumping all on board and being a, a real supporter of this club. And I'm going to support the Loyal still. It's going to be both. They don't play in the same league. I know it's the same city. Hopefully the Loyal can coexist, maybe play on different nights, um, you know, stagger schedules. Hopefully they can coexist. If they don't, yeah, that sucks. Um, but money does talk. and. This guy, he's paying $500 million, probably more than that, $500 million to come to San Diego for this MLS franchise. And he's he's going to build an academy here. So money money talks. And unfortunately, like this guy, he's going to come in here and do what he wants. And I understand, again, I, I understand Mohammed Mansour's point of view because of all the financial resources that he is using to come to San Diego. Like he wants it to be his and what he wants and not have to take what's already there. The loyal, maybe he doesn't like those colors or whatever. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he met with Landon Donovan and doesn't like him. I, I have no idea. Um, I wish it was the loyal, but it's not. We just have to move on from that, I guess. So that's the latest. Uh, the San Diego wave. They've got one more road match before coming back home finally. Man, it's been forever, feels like, since the Wave have been at home. They're going to be playing the Houston Dash this weekend. Uh, by the way, if you want to get tickets, discounted tickets, starting at $13 for the match on May 31st, uh, that is a Wednesday. It is against the OO Reign. So, Sofia Huerta, Megan Rapino, um, Rose Lavelle, she's been playing through injury, but maybe she'll be healthy by then. There's a lot of talent on that team. Uh, they're going to be playing May 31st, Wave and the OL Reign. Go to at Ben Fadden SD on Twitter. 
and the link is there. Scroll down on my profile. You'll see it there. There's a link there. Click my name when you check out. Uh, that helps me out a lot. Um, and $13. Tickets start at $13. There's uh, 2000s. It's, it's going to be like a throwback night. 2000s uh party like it's 2000 in the general admission section um pre-game tailgate party discounted beer 2000s music yard games again $13 is what tickets are starting at so please if you want to go to a wave match that would be a great wave match to go to um and hopefully they they play better uh in that match and I think they will I think you know they had a good win against Kansas City Last weekend, starting to turn it around maybe a little bit, and hopefully they can get a win against Houston this weekend. All right. Any other comments here? Uh, David saying, I see Grandal in a San Diego uniform. Yeah, I'm seeing that because the White Sox, maybe they're not going to be in contention. Um, Grandal, former Padre. Padres, they do need catching help. Um, yes, Monty Grandal's contract. I'm just looking that up right here. So he's a free agent at the end of the season. So let's say they trade for him before the deadline. They'd owe him like maybe nine mil, a little less than $9 million. Do they want to do that? Do they want, I mean, it's an upgrade. So, I mean, they'd probably be like, yeah. Seidler would probably be like, yeah, if that's an upgrade, I'm pissed off seeing Austin Nolan, Brett Sullivan. We don't know about Campy either. But Campy is going to be returning, hopefully, around the trade deadline, right? He's out for weeks. So he's out for what, eight weeks, right? He's out for a while. So I don't know if it's going to be a guarantee, like, so Campy comes back, oh, he's going to be the starting catcher and they can just rely on him the rest of the year in what's probably going to be a small sample size before the deadline. So I would anticipate some move being made by the Padres. I think Grandal maybe could be an option. I know James McCann, I think, plays for Baltimore. He's a veteran catcher. Uh, Grandal, 118 OPS plus this year, hitting 286, three home runs, 11 RBIs, 798 OPS. So that's obviously way better than the Padres catching has done this year, but that's a very low bar. I mean, I'm not, it's not like he has to, play better than Johnny Bench. Uh, you have to play better than guys that are hitting under 200. 36 games from him. I mean, I'd be open to it. I'd be open to any really catching upgrade, to be honest. It's got to get better. Holly says, I just watched that Manny video. He was pretty rude to Marty. I get he's upset, but damn. Well, yeah, that he, he does that to Kevin, too. That, that's just what it is with him. Um, sure, perfect world. Maybe you don't want Manny talking like that if you're like the Padres PR people to the media. But that's just, Manny's pissed off. Like, do you want him to be honest? That's just how he feels. And he doesn't want to talk to the media right now, but he's doing it. He's dealing with a fractured hand now. He's probably really pissed off. Uh, and, you know, the media... Right. He's he does he's probably not looking at it from the media perspective because the media there's certain questions that you have to ask, right? But Manny's like, why are you asking me this question? You you know the answer, doesn't feel good. Um 
what else do you want me to add? Like, you know the answer to that, and he's pissed off. So that's probably why Marty got that response. I don't think she is going to take it, like, personally or anything like that. She has so many years of experience in clubhouses. Um, I love listening to her and Darren uh, on the Darren Smith show, by the way. They're great. There's Look, some players, they get pissed off when things aren't going well. And don't you don't you want that? You want the honesty, right? I think that's better for fans. You want that honesty. Boo us. Yeah, boo us. We're not playing well enough. Um, you could tell he was pissed off in the interview. I'd rather have that than him act like everything's fine, you know? But he's also looking at it long-term, like, yeah, things are going to turn around. I think we're going to play better. I promise you that. I like that. All right. Talking Friars episode 398. That is it. Tons of Padres talk today. Obviously, things aren't going so well, but hopefully better times are ahead. Ben Fadden signing off. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. At Talking Friars on Twitter, Instagram, at Ben Fadden SD on Twitter. That's where like my non-Padres thoughts are. Uh, Baseball Struck YouTube channel, my MLB YouTube channel. If you just want to subscribe to that, I would appreciate that. Uh, a lot of breakdowns recently because there's been some ejections. So feel free to subscribe to that and turn on notifications here on this channel, that channel, so you don't miss when a video comes out. This channel, when you don't, so you don't miss when I go live. If, if you want to be a part of the events uh, like this, you want to be a part of the chat. Again, I appreciate everyone's time. Please, please, please. Have a great rest of your night. Try to maybe not think about the Padres. You'll probably have a better night. All right. See everybody. Talk to you later.